so strange but appealing. Welcome to the Bump Shop Diaries. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. The great black pan rounded the corner and meandered up the street, breaking the neighborhood's summer afternoon quiet. Sunlight flashed diamond lances off mere-bright chrome and glistening paint. Rumbling evenly, the big bike glided into the driveway and eased to a halt before a ramshackle garage. Kickstand down, he swung off, leaving the Harley to throb idly while he unlocked and swung wide the doors to home. Remounted, he hefted the bike upright, folding the kickstand against his belly, revving the engine to hassle the straights next door. He dumped the clutch. The hog leaped from the bright sunshine to the cool, dusty twilight of the garage. The engine filled every cobwebbed corner with sound, and the silence was awesome when it was switched off. Lowering the kickstand, he slumped into the seat for a moment, then dismounted. He peeled off his gloves and draped them over the seat. Then taking the keys from the ignition, he chained up his beauty and locked the garage doors. The rickety screen door creaked a complaint as it was opened. It slammed shut behind him as he stepped into the small, neat kitchen. Clumping into the living room, he flopped his big frame down on the battered couch, propping dusty, well-worn boots on the coffee table in front of him. Comfortable, settled, he opened his mouth to yell for a cold one and shut it without making a sound, as he remembered there wasn't anybody to hear him. He sighed heavily and sat up, pinching the bridge of his nose near his forehead in frustration. He had the beginnings of a righteous headache and his eyes smarted. Road glare, he told himself. Just too much damn sun. Back in the kitchen, he opened the door on the beat-up fridge, wrenching a beer loose from the six-pack. He reached to the back of the fridge, down behind the vegetable drawer, His fingers probed for and found the rolled-up baggie that held his stash. A faint smile started, but died on his lips. Once more in the living room, he spread his loot out on the coffee table. He pulled his papers from his wallet, then perched on the edge of the couch. He methodically rolled a few joints. Returning the stash to the fridge, he noticed the alien stillness in the small house. The clock seemed to tick too loudly, and the noise of his rummaging around seemed out of place. As though he was in someone else's home, and they weren't at home. It made him nervous, and that irritated him. Putting Janis Joplin in the tape player... He turned it down low. He didn't feel like partying. He just wanted some background, something for his mind to center on. Popping the top of the brew, he settled back on the couch. 
He drained half the can in great thirsty gulps, savoring the cold surging down his dry throat. It trickled from the corners of his mouth, filtering through his beard to soak into his t-shirt. And goosebumps rose on his chest. He ran the back of one meaty hand across his mouth, belched and wiped his hand on his oil-stained Levi's. Then he selected a fat one and put a torch to it. Token deeply, he firmly resisted the urge to cough. As the first and harshest draw found its way into his lungs, for a few minutes he toked away, oblivious to everything, relaxing, getting a good buzz, letting low music carry him off on a magical carpet ride to Never Never Land. But somehow he didn't feel right. Suddenly, restless, he got up and paced the living room floor. His mind wandered back over the day's events. Events he was reluctant to remember. Events he could not come to accept. There was the lonely morning ride to the funeral home. Then the long procession to the cemetery. His brothers behind him. Two by two. The hearse in front of him. And yet, it had seemed as though he rode alone. Then came the funeral itself. The preacher's drone, grimmed face dudes, red-eyed old ladies, the casket lowered into the grave. A piece of his life hid away from the sun. Mentally, he shook himself. Angrily, he wrenched his thoughts away. Damn. He yelled silently to himself. Damn. Damn, damn. He pulled the last long number and toke from the joint, feeling it burn his fingers, lips, and throat. He caught a phrase from his favorite Joplin song. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Nothing. That's all that left me. The words hit home and then he realized how little of the music he had actually heard. He let the smoke go slowly, wearily. Nature called and he went to the john. On the way back down the narrow hall, he stumbled over something. Turning, he looked at the floor. A small, furry bedroom slipper lay at his feet. For a moment, he stared at it. In sudden rage, he kicked it, sending it spinning down the hall. Reeling blindly, he smashed his fist against the wall. As his mind cleared, he felt drained. Empty, and he knew he had to get out. Unplugging the tape, he scooped up the remaining joints and grabbed his jacket from the back of the kitchen chair. The screen door wheezed and banged again, and he stood breathless in the cool dimness of the garage. He quickly went through the motions of unchaining the bike and opening the garage doors. 
He shrugged into the jacket, pulled on his gloves, saddling the big machine. He went through the ritual of kicking over the 74. Three kicks and it coughed. Once more, and the engine roared to life, rattling the windows, filling his senses, blocking his mind. He sat absorbed in the sound of the Harley, letting it warm. He eased the bike back out into the late afternoon sunshine, stopping only long enough to secure the garage door. He pointed gleaming forks at the road and whispered, Fly! Pegasus responded with a leap and a flurry of spun gravel. The next thing he knew, the bike was carrying him down the dirt road that ran past the junkyard, picking its way carefully through the ruts and bumps, seemingly by itself. It slowed and stopped. He set down the kickstand, making sure it stood solid before he turned away, walking into the tall grass and up the cyclone fence. Hidden somewhere nearby, a big dog barked and snarled menacingly. His eyes searched and finally found what they were seeking. Crouched in a corner like a mortally wounded animal was a pearl-white shovelhead trike. The engine lay forlorningly in the grass beside it, brutally torn from its mounts. The long, narrow springer was impossibly twisted, the front wheel bent nearly double. Blood spilled over the coffin tank, looking as though someone had upended a can of paint over it. The sweeping pullback handlebars were missing. His fingers curled tighter into the mesh fence as he thought of her. Her quiet ways. The way she had always accepted him as he was and understood his ways and moods. Even though she rode her own trike, it had never gone to her head. She always packed behind him when it counted, on runs and stuff like that. He thought of the sunshine and the sound of her laughter. She had turned her head to laugh back at him when he missed third gear in the crazy race he had, all in fun prodded her into. She never saw the pickup that swerved deliberately into her lane and scattered her life on the asphalt and then went on careening off down the road, no doubt to some redneck bar to tell how he had made the world a little better by skimming off some of the scum. They couldn't stand to see someone live free. Fuck. He had been right behind her, and he had seen it all happen. He had come in slow motion like an impossible dream. And he had been powerless to warn her or stop it from happening. He stood for a long while with his thoughts. Gradually, the heartbeat of his Harley pulled him back into reality. A short while later, he and his hog nosed up the highway. The sun was sinking low. First, he turned homeward. Then he thought better of it. He pulled a U-turn and headed in the opposite direction. There was nothing for him there, right now. Nothing left to lose. He needed time and distance to sort things out. He'd call one of his brothers, Smitty, or maybe crash from a payphone somewhere down the road. 
They can watch the house, hell, stay there if they wanted, until he decided to come back. The last red embers of the day faded and the soft velvet of a summer's night closed in around him. He opened the throttle a little, leveling off at an easy 65. The big bike hummed. The wind whooshed past his ears as the ribbon of the highway unwound in front of his headlight, leading him on to who knows where. He'd know when to stop somehow. Somewhere deep down inside him, a tight knot began to loosen and slip and finally gave. With one gloved fist, he wiped at the tears that were blurring his vision, telling himself it was the wind that was bringing them. Just the wind. Join us, perhaps you may want to listen to a Bump Shop story. New and vintage merch available at BumpShopBackRoom.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bump Shop Diaries. I appreciate you listening, and as always, if you enjoyed this episode, tell somebody about it. Go to your local video rental place. Hang out by the bin where people drop their returns. When they do so, say, hey... Have you listened to the Bump Shop Diaries podcast? If not, you're fucking up. By the way, did you rewind that? Or do some version of that that fits your life, whether it's sending a DM with a link to the to the podcast or, you know, sharing the, the podcast episode video that I put up to your story or sending that to somebody. Um, every little bit helps spread the word or don't do any of it if, uh, if you're just kind of hoarding this podcast to yourself and keeping it like a little secret from everybody. That's fine, too. I don't mind. Whatever. Um, today's story was called Nothing Left to Lose by Dizzy Fair, written in 1976. Now, as I was narrating it, I was like, this is just a sad fucking story, you know? But as I went back and did the editing, the music, and the sound effects and all that, um... It's really not a sad story. You know what I mean? On the surface, yes, it's sad. Person dies. He sees it. She's gone. He's alone. Yes, I get it. That's sad. But it's also kind of a metaphor, I guess. I mean, it doesn't sound like it because the story seems like uh, based in truth. But you could use that as a metaphor as just starting over and in life you you inevitably will have to start over at some point whether it's a death a divorce uh the car gets fucking told the bike gets stolen the fucking tree lands on the garage like there's always some point in life as a human where you will have to start over and you can either sit around in the house crying wanting some pity or you can do like this dude yeah he was sad he was crying he blamed it on the wind and he cracked the throttle wide fucking open and rode into the unknown adventure that would be a new chapter if you want to be cliche about it i love the way it ended with like the red embers of the day you know disappearing and the velvety touch of the 
fingers of night wrapping around him or whatever it was. Um, it's really just just a and you can make any narrative fit whatever you want. You know, the MSM's been doing that for years, but you can make this story fit whatever starting over you have to go through. You know what I mean? And that is what is beautiful about this story. So, you know, on the surface, yeah, it looks sad, but really this dude's like triumphant triumphantly riding a Harley, not a triumph, into the unknown adventure that is starting over. He's like, fuck it, dude. I, I can call these dudes from somewhere at some point and tell them to watch the fucking house. I'm out trying to figure this shit out. And that's what life is. You're just trying to figure shit out. And sometimes you gotta fucking go back to start and figure it back out. And as long as you're learning from whatever it was, you are getting better and you will figure it out better. You know what I mean? Even something like as small as this podcast, if you look at episode one compared to what it is now, or even episode five, which I think is the first story I did, like from the first story, which was episode five to this one, and along the way, I think it's just consistently gotten better. I've learned from shit before I used to have this intro at the beginning. That's no good. A lot of people probably don't want to hear me talk, so... Why not just real short intro music, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever it is, boom, into the story. And then if you want to stick around for me talking, you can do that or you can shut it off, you know, uh, whatever. But speaking of this story, I recorded it. I don't want to say because I didn't have anything else. I will say out of the stuff I had, what I have left is very much longer stories and most of them have a lot of characters and do them right would be also a lot of sound effects and either having someone else do the voice or me throwing my voice trying to do a different character or, you know, every other version of making other characters, which becomes a lot of work and a lot of time and and so i was like well this story's pretty cool anyway let's just do this one but shout out to chef zilla because he was just like hey dude i'm hoarding all this content that i think you could use and would be of value to you and it's not doing me any good just keeping it so let me send this shit to you so he sent me a bunch of shit there's some gold in there too i thumbed through so shout out to chef zilla for hooking it up with the content much appreciated stoked on it um can't wait to get into recording some of those uh some of those stories also want to give a shout out to ouch hurt i think there's an underscore after that if you're trying to look them up on instagram but uh bought a bunch of vintage stuff off the website bumpshopbackroom.com and got to chatting with him and he's like i got some shit that i think you're gonna enjoy what's a good address so he's sending me some uh good shit too and so that is much appreciated much much appreciated making an order of the vintage shit as uh i've explained before 
and is laid out on the website. Like, all the vintage shit is pretty much shipping the next day unless it's on a weekend or, you know, like, the day I'm recording this is President's Day, post office is closed, but um, I ship that shit out. I always try to throw some extra little goods in it, little funny shit, vintage shit. Um, so, super appreciate you ordering um, the shirt you did. And, you know, that really drives the podcast. As you can tell, there are no real sponsors. Uh, I don't know that I want any sponsors. I don't know that, you know, some of these stories, I don't think sponsors really would uh, dig. But, you know, it's... um, It's all... This is all just user... I don't know what the word is. Anyway, you order something from the website, it supports the podcast, is what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? You can also do donations, but I don't know why you would do that when you could just grab some cool vintage item and it, you know, helps too. But yeah, if you want to just do straight up donation, uh, whatever. Or if you want to send content, cool. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just trying to give a shout out to Ouch Hurt. You're the man for grabbing those teas. Uh, another shout out to uh, Southern Doom Fuzz just for being super down. I see you sharing the shit I'm putting out, um, and that's super helpful and appreciated. You know, you don't need money to support the podcast. Just fucking with the shit I'm putting out is support enough just so happens sometimes i put out some fresh ass vintage shit on the website or come up with some pretty cool designs or if you want to you know support the crazy gentleman you can grab a shirt or creep cycle you can grab a shirt i got the exclusive spot for grabbing their shirts let's take a look black coffee congregation coffee break sip but shout out to Southern Doom Fuzz. I see him fucking with Bump Shop. I see him supporting the crazy gentleman, the Low Life Chopper podcast. So that's super cool of you, man, and much appreciated. Also, shout out to Chunks. That dude's been down since the get go, and he just won. I don't know if it was a raffle or just a free giveaway. Um, from the crazy gentleman, hun- the crazy gentleman's hundredth episode. That's a fucking mouthful. So I just got him some shit shipped out. Um, Rob had different sponsors kind of throw together some stuff for uh, for the hundredth episode for him to give away. So chunks won the bump shop back room stuff so that's on its way um cj till 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 son i don't fucking know i'm just sure i slaughtered that i'm thinking of it off the top of my head i probably should have written this down but shout out to cj for uh you know just sending chopper shit to bump shop diaries funny videos chopper shit send me this cool video you guys probably seen it of the rear fender slash oil bag that's fucking super cool sent some video of uh oh man i'm not gonna be able to remember who it was who did it the extendo handlebars super sick and then just the funny video so appreciate you thinking of the bump shop 
and sending that shit over. That's super fucking cool, man. We got Mama Tried coming up here pretty quick. I'm not going to be there, um, but Crazy Gentleman will be there, so if you... Uh, if you see him there, he loves giving high fives. So just walk up to him, don't say anything, and just hold your hand up and, and watch him high five that, you know? Definitely do that. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then we got, uh, you know, Daytona Bike Week's coming up, and I, I think I got a pretty good, I think I got a pretty good story for that, which would be the next episode. So stay tuned for uh, for all of that. Um, what else? Don't forget, uh, if you head over to the Low Life Chopper podcast and you buy one of their coffee mugs, you will get a code for $5 off the Black Coffee Congregation Coffee, which is roasted fresh when you order from... Uh, you can find that exclusively from the bumpshopbackroom.com. Uh, oh, I came up with a genius idea. We need to get like 10 people... In the Midwest, like Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Pennsylvania, maybe Kentucky, we all need to put pit bike tracks in our backyards, and then we should all, every weekend, hit somebody else's backyard and race for points. I think that would be fun. Michigan Garrett came up with some great rules. That would just be super fun and entertaining. But I think that is like maybe the most genius idea of 2024 that we've had so far. Backyard pit bike track supercross series. And then, you know, you just camp in the yard and you race on Saturday, party go home on sunday dude that would be what is that a thing other places i know there's like real deal events with the pit bikes and uh there's one i think this saturday in illinois it's inside that'd be fun to go to maybe it's next maybe it's next weekend might be next weekend um i don't know i don't know when it is 24th or something so maybe it is this weekend uh i would have to look at a calendar which i'm not prepared to do but that would be cool to go check out i think i'm interested in that that looks like fun but we should just do it backyard style it's always dude homegrown pit bike circuit come on dude that would be the most fun especially with the ridiculous rules that Michigan Garrett is trying to enforce. Um, I, I think I think it's something we should do. We should all consider it. DM me if you're down. So yeah, let's make the pitter-patter 500 pit bike extravaganza circuit. Let's bring that to reality. Let's make that a real thing because that would be fresh as fuck. Um, I'll leave you with this. Check out the Crazy Gentleman Podcast, the Low Life Chopper Podcast. Follow Bump Shop Diaries on Instagram and check out the bumpshopbackroom.com for all your vintage needs, new stuff, t-shirts, working on getting some stickers happening, throwing in the mix. And uh, yeah, man, other than that, enjoy. Bumpshopbackroom.com. Bumshopbackroom.com